Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time again for conversations with not-so-famous achievers. A weekly conversation with some of the world's most amazing, but maybe people that you don't really know yet, on what they did and how they did it, and what you can learn from their journey. With our journeymen themselves, Will, Chris, and Robert White. Hey, guys. Hello to all. (laughs) And uh, welcome to our little get-together. We have an amazing guest uh, that we get to be in conversation with today. Uh, Chad Birdmeister and I have a long history that began with him showing up at my door in a kind of gated community years ago. I certainly knew his parents, actually. And uh, this guy with a mohawk and uh, uh, kind of a typical teenager on a mission to uh, get in trouble with his parents and all the authority figures showed up at my door and said that my grass needed mowing and uh, he had his summer business going. That's uh, my first experience with Chad Burmeister. He shows up later as part of what I describe as the new and very welcome generation of leaders in the world. And when I'm talking about leaders, I'm talking about a company level. I'm talking about in in the community. I'm talking about in family, uh, a guy who is guided by some deeply held principles and incredible talent. Today, Chad is, uh, I, I mean, multitasker par excellence, but his primary role is as uh, founder and president of Scale X. You could put what I know about artificial intelligence kind of on uh, a post-it. You know, I, I know so little. But what attracts me to Chad's uh, use of Scale X, use of use of art, artificial intelligence to support sales forces in getting in touch with the people that they need to be in front of, is that in addition, and you know, he's wearing his corporate wear today, I notice, and uh, he was kind enough to gift me with, with uh, a piece of corporate wear. What touches me is that is he talks about using this technology, but to not forget your heart, to not forget the relationships that are uh, underneath all really effective business transactions. So it's just a, a thrill. Uh, I'm working with, the, with Chad on uh, a live seminar soon in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm also uh, partnering with him to raise some money for a wonderful woman. Maybe we can talk about that uh, later in the talk. Chad, welcome. And, and it's a real pleasure to have you here and also to introduce you to my partner, Will Christ. Yeah, it's great to be here. The phrase that comes up when you introduce me that way about the grass mowing and the mohawk is rebel without a cause. But I would say <laughs> I'm actually a rebel with a cause. So it's kind of a unique approach to life. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, Chad. Tell tell us about uh, what ScaleX does. I got a chance to look at the website uh, the last week, so tell me a little bit about what uh, ScaleX does. Uh, it's interesting because I've always learned in life that I make things harder than they need to be, and so once and Robert will attest to that uh, in in a few communications I've had with him today already. In fact, um, one person sent me this button, the easy button from Staples recently about a year ago. And it's TK Cater, the former CEO of Taudap, which was purchased by Marketo and, and then ultimately sold to 
uh, Adobe. And he was the head of strategy in that transaction. So he sent me this and he said, Chad, you, you make things too complicated. You need to make it simpler. So we're simplifying what ScaleX does by helping people, companies raise capital. That's one of the core products that of the company that we purchased a year ago. And, you know, we made it more difficult than it needed to be <laughs> by, by allowing it to do other things like prospecting. Um, so we help companies raise capital. We help companies then use the capital to do more effective outbound communications to their prospects by helping them find the right data, the right lead sources. And there's things like intent data these days where you can go out and say, show me all the companies that are looking for a product like mine. And so why start from a a phone book when you could start from someone who actually has a warm interest in your product? That's a cool place to start. Then we do email outreach, social outreach, phone calls, voicemails, everything you can imagine, and some some pretty sophisticated outreach strategies leveraging AI that really we don't know of anybody else that's doing that in the world right now. Well, well, tell me about the the platform itself. Did, is this what you bought? So the, you bought the, the com- we, we've really we've started with about five or six different partnerships, and we're, we were a, we were past tense a white label company, right? We'd go into a company that built the best product under the sun. And then we would sell and market it to the companies who have a need for it. Um, over time, we've started rolling up different companies as part of the platform and then integrating it into, into a single platform. So the company we purchased is probably the most exciting uh, AI that we have because you give me a list of, let's say your top 500 accounts. Then we run this very simple eight to 10 minute algorithm that looks at all of your LinkedIn connections, both your first and your seconds, and then figures out the best possible possible pathway into those 500 accounts. And so mm-hmm. instead of phone calling up to the CEO of Zoom Video, hey, Eric, it's Chad. Who? <laughs> you know, I would go through somebody in my network that says, hey, do you know Eric well enough to make an intro? And Sure as sure enough, the AI knows that that person knows Eric, and therefore, when I go ask Robert for an introduction, I'm highly likely to get that introduction versus picking up the telephone and cold call. What was the company that you bought that had this? So it's a funny story. I was I wrote a book called AI for Sales, and it was supposed to be 20 chapters. It followed the vendor neutral kind of categories. So it starts with data, right? That's the ground floor of any prospecting campaign. And then we got through to chapter 20 and conversation intelligence and all these different tools. I interviewed all these CEOs and data analysts, analytics people and everything else. And then I, and then I uncovered a company called Flow Engine out of Austin, Texas. And I was on a cruise ship with my family and we stopped over in Paris and Barcelona and places like that. And it's like 4 a.m. and I'm making a phone call to this person. I, and, he, and I said, all right, I got to add in chapter 21 because the social selling AI chapter was all about Flow Engine. And mm-hmm. fast forward the tape a year later, now now they're part of the family with the, um, with the roll up of that technology. So, Well, that's very interesting because when I saw the platform, it reminded me of a group that I'm working with called Glo- Mojo Global and just wondered where that engine came from. So it may be that it came from Flow Engine. Well, we do have partnerships and several different white label partners. So 
it's a very real possibility that they're a partner. Mm-hmm. C-Suite Network is a reseller. They have 100,000 CEOs that are part of their network. Curlin and Associates Objective Management Group is becoming a white label partner. <laughs> oh, I know. I know Dave Curlin very well. Yes, indeed. In fact, I just had a conversation with the uh, private equity company who purchased EOS. Are you familiar with EOS? I am because, yeah, Rich, my CRO, is actually in talks with someone at EOS right now on the executive team. I want to say in the marketing side. Pam Kasanke, I'm sure. Pam, that must be it. Yes. I'm sure. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> well Dave Curlin's name came up and, and I was talking. And in fact, I was talking to one of the partners in the uh, uh, private equity firm and I showed him scalex.ai. So he immediately got on and started looking. He was very fascinated with it because they're always looking for companies. Well, it's interesting. Small world, huh? Well, that's it is interesting. And I think the I mentioned to you finding investors, it also goes the other way, right? You can find companies that you want to acquire or invest in. So mm-hmm. I've got one company on the East Coast right now that I'm working with that said, hey, we're looking to acquire 50 companies by the end of the year in the cybersecurity space. And so Kevin Harrington's on the board. I was just in a meeting with Kevin and, and a bunch of other CEOs last week in Florida. And I, you know, we mentioned to them, hey, did you think about using this type of technology to go find uh, companies who want to be bought and rolled up? Uh, they, they didn't happen to have an office in Moscow, did they? Uh, looking to buy a company yeah. in America. Yeah. And, and they don't have they don't have any tie-in to voting systems or anything like that. <laughs> right. That's amazing. Amazing. So is all of your social work on uh, on LinkedIn? Mostly. There is a capability to like someone's tweet, but in the tw- in the politically charged environment that we've been living in for the past couple of years. <laughs> randomly picking the AI, you know, letting the AI pick a tweet to like on your behalf may not be a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Whichever side you're on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's exciting. So Robert, what, what have you, uh, what have you seen about Chad is doing that would be exciting? I think that for purposes of this conversation, I think there's a lot of value in talking really with any CEO about not just the good times and the company we acquired and what a big hero we are in the industry, but also about the journey, the personal journey that often includes betrayal and disappointment and wrecks and all those words that we use. And I'm aware of a few of Chad's adventures in that regard. And I just thought it'd be interesting to ask Chad about, you know, he's one of the most relentlessly positive, excited, innovative people that I know. What is it that gets him uh, to recover when something something happens that kind of slams him or his company? I admire that aspect of him, and I, I think it would be useful if he could share a little bit about what it is that gets him back on his feet when something knocks him down. Well, one story that you're probably not familiar with is that I had a business partner, a co-founder early on, and this individual's smart guy. He's got a I think a master's degree. Uh, he really is into project management and operations, but he's 15 years less experience, maybe even 20, and didn't have sales management experience. So we partnered and real quickly became a $1 million a year company. 
and people were giving him outside advice that the company should be worth 20 to $40 million and that he should ask me for a check for somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to $10 million after six months of being in business. He said, yeah, you should just try to get them to buy you out. I was like, wait a second, we've been around for six months and you want a check for $10 million? I've never even cashed $10 million in my entire career. How is it you want me to write you a check? So it was stressful as you could imagine. They had an attorney. I had an attorney. And when you have an attorney and you're lawyered up, that can burn money really, really fast. <laughs> Especially when you don't have outside investors. And this is a pet project that was funded by customers. The way I've always gotten through situations like that, and they've happened many a time, is my faith. Because I, if, if I know that the situations that are going to come my way and that are in my path, if I know they're going to come, then when they get here, I just have to say, okay, here's, an, here's another one. Let's have fun with this, right? And as hard as it is, and you, you can get a headache, you can lose sleep at night, you can have a stomachache. I mean, stuff can happen to you physically and emotionally. But if you can pray about it and say, what's in this cloud, this dark cloud that I'm about to go through that I can learn from. And and I've met a guy actually who ran a race, I think it's a hundred mile ultra marathon in the North Pole, who's learned to actually go find these moments in life because he <laughs> looks for it knowing that on the other side of the, of the dark cloud is a silver lining. And I heard a, a recent sermon from Elevation Church, and it talked about, to God, all of our problems that seem big to us are tiny little speed bumps. They don't even exist. <laughs> but the things we can do for other people are amazing pieces of you know gifts that we can give. They may seem so small to us. Like when we ran the first Living a Better Story retreat in Utah, and we invited people, and ScaleX funded it. And I wasn't having the best quarter that we've ever had. And it was like, whoa, okay, where are we going to get the money from? But when you follow the the calling of here's what you're supposed to do, and you actually just go through with it, then goodness happens. And those little, those speed bumps that could feel big actually feel a lot smaller. You know, one of the things that I heard from a guru once was, uh, he had a huge project that he was talking about, all these pieces, and he went on talking all about it. And when he finished, one of his acolytes said to him, could you share with us? Can I ask you one question? He said, well, sure. He said, where is all the money for this going to come from? And the guru looked down at the floor a little bit, and he looked up and he smiled and he said, all the money is going to come from wherever it is right now. That's perfect. <laughs> That's great. And it did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was another sermon I watched this last weekend, and it was the pastor's wife, Holly. And she talked about this parable or a Bible verse. And I, I'm not going to know the exact one, but she basically had a little bit of oil left. And so she kept pouring it for her two sons. And it, mm -hmm. you know, just kept, that's what she was told to do, right? Just give, give, give. And for a long time, she just gave away all the oil and she barely had any left anyway. But it ended up coming back in spades by following the, the direction that she was given. So that's, that's just how I live life. You know, you know, the tough times that you face, if you just put one foot in front of the other and believe, 
the belief system is the most important thing. If you can believe it, then it it can actually occur. You know, well, what Asian <clears throat> Church didn't the uh, the pastor there write the book called The Chatterbox? I am not sure about that. I know he's written a couple books, but unless that's a one in the last five years, I I don't know about that one. A great sermon series that I heard from him about stopping that chatterbox in your head. Okay, yeah, I think that is that is um, Pastor Furtick. He he did that one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That was really very interesting. Very interesting to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I find myself organizing things in these groups of three. You know, the and and working with my uh, executive clients, I often filter everything that we're doing together by how focused, aligned, and committed they and they the individual and the team is. And in that first uh, living a better story experience in Utah, one of the speakers really captured me with a very simple guideline for daily life, which was to every morning, pray, read your Bible, and act. None of those things are unfamiliar to me, but somehow just putting them in that little simple guideline uh, had some impact on me personally and has guided me in the last two months uh, since that event. Almost immediately in within the seminar, I learned this story of this incredible woman, uh, Jessica De La Cruz, who is a an administrator, a principal of a charter school, also in Arizona, she's at risk because she doesn't have the right degree. And there's a lot of pressure today, I I think, on educators to check all the boxes. If you don't have the right degree, you're out. Even though she has seven years of incredible history and contribution to these at-risk students, she has 240 at-risk students. That's who goes to that school. I'm sitting there thinking about that morning that I prayed, I read the Bible, and thank you, Chad, for the gift of the beautiful Bible, by the way. What's the right action for me? And out of that, Chad and I have made a declaration to to handle her getting that right degree, continuing to serve kids that, that really, really need it. But Chad, you have as much on your plate in terms of activity and obligation as anybody I know. How do you manage it all? How do, how do you run your life? I understand we're going to take a break. And uh, if you could think about that, we'll come back and find out what Chad's secret is about running a busy life, family, business, and activities outside of all of that that benefit the community. Whoa, a digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Glad you like it. We can finally toss out that old massive stereo. Mom, you can't just throw out electronics. They need to be recycled or donated. Recycled? Like aluminum cans? Yeah, you just go to greenergadgets.org, enter your zip code, and it tells you where the nearest certified recycling center is. Um, I knew that. Okay, Mom. Recycling electronics is as easy as buying them. Log on to greenergadgets.org to find electronics recycling options near you. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. 
Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. So Chad and I are partnering in promoting a, a GoFundMe site for Jessica De La Cruz. Uh, Chad, what is it that that caused you to put this commitment into a, an already very, very busy life? When Robert was moved that morning to make this declaration and say, we're going to do this, I was like, okay, great. We've got a group of 12 people that are smart executives and different leaders from across the country. So, okay, team, team ready, set, go. So we all get back and we said, this is, we've gotten to know her. So our commitment to her as a person is there. And for me, what I, what I looked back on and what I didn't realize at the time, when I had the Mohawk in the neighborhood, my parents one day were about to send me to, to military school. And they were going to hijack me at my high school and pick me up in the back of a police car and send me off. And my teacher averted that crisis. When you stood up for Jessica, that that shock wave came my way. And I was like, wow, I didn't even remember that story. And so I really was like, you know what? She's the last line of defense for 240 at-risk teens. And those are the kind of people that, uh, you know, biblical Jesus would be spending his time with. And so my parents loved me and yet they were about ready to send me to military school because they thought it was the best for me. So that's what caused me to connect with the story and Jessica's um, mission so much. Now, the benefit to me personally from that is that I went home and said, okay, I contributed a thousand dollars to the fund. I think Robert did the same. And then a couple of 500s here and there, and we're up to 4,500 within a week. Well, the target's 150,000. And so little little old me is going, holy cow, that's a lot of dough. How are we going to come up with that? And so the message that kept coming through to me is, Chad, you need to play bigger, right? If you keep playing in your, I've heard Dan Martell say this before, you either have dollar problems, $10 problems, $100 problems, $1,000, $10,000. So now I'm in the $100,000 problem land. I, I think I skipped the level. I, I was at 100 <laughs> and I went to 150,000. Well, guess what? That cause, I'm a, I'm a competitive person. And Daryl uh, was there, Daryl Stinson. He just it was amazing today. When I wrote his text for a virtual assistant to do outreach, it said a former D1 athlete was his intro that I wrote for him. And he changed it, one, one change. He said, a highly motivated elite athlete. That's what he is. He was, and he is now in his being, not a former D1 athlete. Don't, don't belittle me as much as that. So that's where moving, you know, skipping a level to go to hundred thousand dollar problems. Believe me, my brain hurts sometimes, but I also <laughs> know that, wow, this is what it must feel like to be Robert and live in Aspen and, you know, the experiences that he's had. He's played in that game. And so it's very interesting to start to play in the game. It goes back to that statement you made earlier, Chad, which is it's all belief-oriented. You know, we are, in fact, run by our beliefs. You know, the psychologists tell us that 90% of them are unconscious and 10% are conscious that the job of a human being, one of the jobs is to get more of your unconscious beliefs into a state of awareness 
so you can better use them. What's going on for you, Will? Well, what 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 I've discovered, Chad, is that that what well, I mean, I, I've heard this, and Robert, you can probably tell me where it came from, but what the mind can conceive and believe, and well, and believe. What is it that it can achieve? Who can you can achieve, right? Isn't that the quote? Yes. Yep, that sounds right. And, I know Gerhard Schwatt tells me that one all the time. And so what happened to me uh, six months ago was I'm out handing out food, which I do every Thursday with my wife at St. Michael's uh, Episcopal Ministry Center out in Riverside. We hand out a ton of food. It's 122-pound boxes to 100 families. And so one of the people called Singing Bird, uh, an uh, Apache native, and he came over and he whispered and he said, he said, Will, do you do you know that there are people on the Navajo reservation, a lot of people who do not have running water? And I said, no, I, I don't know that. And that got me to start thinking. Now, I have a friend of mine that I've worked with who drills wells in Uganda for communities that don't have running water. So I picked up the phone, called him and, and said, do you know about this? He said, oh yeah, I know about, but I'm not doing anything in America. I'm focusing on Uganda. So I began to look around and do a little research and found there's a group in LA called digdeep.org and they have a Navajo water project. And they have learned how in these dispersed communities all around the Navajo, huge reservation, all these places that they couldn't really put pipes into because it'd be too far. But they've created fiberglass cisterns that they come out and in one day install it, put a pump in, put electric solar panels on the roof to run the pump and give electricity to the to the home and then install sinks and faucets for $4,600. Wow. And then they have a big water truck that comes by every period of time and fills up that cistern. And what I heard was $100,000 for Dig Deep Navajo Water Project. And I began to think about, well, between my business networks my EOS implementer networks, my church connections. And so last week I had a conversation with the Bishop of Navajo Land, the Episcopal Bishop of Navajo Land, and one from the Upper Peninsula in Michigan. And we're committed with all the things we're doing to raise $100,000 a year for that project. Well, let me share you the hack that I discovered as a result of this challenge put forth by Robert on the Jessica okay. Fund. You know, we have this LinkedIn technology that helps people do sequencing on LinkedIn. So yes. I, I'm just scratching my head going, I know I'm sitting on one of the most powerful technologies in the world. What other lane could it be deployed in? So yes. You're losing sleep at night. We've got the fund up to $4,700. And I'm like, okay, that's great. We're 47 on, on 150. No problem. Yeah. We'll retire quota as a, <laughs> as a seller. Right. Yeah. And so I, I launched a program to reach out to my first connections, of which I have 18,000 of them. Mm -hmm. And I did a search and I said, show me the CEOs, the founders, people who've been there long enough in their job. So they're stable. That means they're not going to have a necessarily. A, so I, I was smart with running the data set. So I narrowed it down to about three to 4,000 individuals that are my first connections. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, we put up this webpage. We we're really moved by her story. Do you want to help 214 kids where Jessica is the last line of defense in their lives? Would mm-hmm. you be willing to check this page out? And I run about 20 to 30 of those a day. Mm-hmm. And within day one, we raised 500 bucks. And I was like, huh, let's see if day two will hold up. Day two, 450. Day three, 500. Like one person from salesforce.com donated 500 bucks herself, mm-hmm. VP of mm-hmm. enterprise. And, and now the ball's rolling down the hill and it's coming in around $500 a day. That's so right. that's the way to achieve. That's one way. There's many ways, yeah. right? but that's a way to achieve $100,000 goal. Now, guess what? Other charities are noticing what I'm doing and they're, they're emailing me saying, Hey, can you help us with our charity? I've, I've mm-hmm. gotten like three voicemails in a week and I'm like, what's this about? Where'd you hear my information? And they're like, uh-huh. well, just see what you're doing. <laughs> Good. Well, you got one more. You got one more to get. Right. And you we may have a few now. as a result of this call. There you go. That's right. Right. Yeah. So it's That's right. So isn't it exciting? Isn't it exciting when when you, you start working at that level? Because now what's the roof? What's what's the limitation? Right. I mean, there really is no there's there's no roof. It's a self-imposed roof has been what I discovered a couple of years ago. And in working with Robert at, at these things is that we put our own roofs in place, right? And it, luckily it's it's made out of a very thin layer of, of plastic. And all you need is a, you know, a hard enough head. And when you pop through it, <laughs> it breaks is what I found. <laughs> I've never yeah, heard that. I've never heard that metaphor of that <laughs> I didn't metaphor, think I didn't uh, think so. that a hard head is necessary for success. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of one of my great mentors is Dave Asprey from Bulletproof Coffee Land, and uh, I heard him the other day talking with some people in his biohacking conference, and 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 what he said, he said over and over again, given all of the issues that are in the world right now, one thing we know for sure is we are going to be okay. And, and, and you know, just hearing that articulated, we're going to be okay. And it, it's not that we're going to be passive, it's we're going to be okay, and we're going to solve those problems. Yeah. Well, I've seen, as a result of some of the tugs on the rope, think of when you're a kid and you're doing the tug of war, right? And you're, you're sixth grade, fifth grade, and they got the little red ribbon, And it moves, right? And it's getting close to get out of the circle. Well, Mm -hmm. I'd say the red ribbon has been tugged out of the circle right now. And so we're in this zone where it's like, okay, that tug of war is over. Get back on the rope and we're going to tug again. And this time, this time we've got Robert on the back. We got Chad in the middle. We've got some people that I met in Florida last week. And guess what? They've been connecting to their belief system and saying, what do you need me to do in this tug of war? And, mm-hmm. and they're saying, we're going to go, like, I met this one woman who just was told by God massively, you need to go f- f- focus on the education tug of war. And she's like, I just, like, she's a very prominent executive in the world. And she just said, I, I, I dreamt about it. I went to church the next day. I did an altar call. hundred people went up. And the pastor picked me and shook me and said, you need to do what you're thinking of doing. And it was like, whoa, that level of connectivity <laughs> and message, that just doesn't come out of nowhere. 
it's real and and the tug of war you know hang on because when the evil forces pull on one side we know which which forces win in the end so i think it's going to be an interesting handful of years coming up here yeah well, well and you know what what is happening with eos is when you when you take a company and help them implement eos not only the leadership team but everybody in the whole company over that two year journey becomes uh, they're changed they're changed in all sorts of ways to become better people and what for me what what my mantra well st francis st francis day is one day after my birthday he's my mentor as well and what st francis said was preach the gospel every day if necessary use words mm, that's amazing <laughs> i love that and so for me what eos is is a lot of gospel teaching without using words. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think what's changed in the last year with the pandemic and people working at home is that, hey, now you're in my house. <laughs> We're not at the office, right? Even though it might look like I'm in an office, this is a green screen. Um, uh-huh. Joke be told, it's fake. But when you're in my house, now it's a different set of rules that we live by, right? Because this mm-hmm. is, and so I think that's, that's been an interesting experience that I'm seeing that it's now actually to a lot of people, it's okay to talk about your religious belief system and your belief system in general. And it's, it's been kind of eye-opening that there's a lot of people who actually have similar belief systems that I have whether they live in San Francisco, Boston, Austin, wherever, doesn't matter because their belief, you know, circumvents any other beliefs that they may have. And, mm-hmm. and that's, it's cool to, to actually see so many people that really have a belief in the, in, in their creator. You know, yeah. like, like so many people, I'm fascinated with quantum physics and I'm not smart enough to really understand it. One of the things that I really get is that everything is, in fact, energy. Everything is spirit. In, in working with my clients, what I'm constantly doing is monitoring for their energy and the energy of their organizations. When we get together in Scottsdale in a, in a few weeks uh, and looking back at the one we did in Utah, I think an awful lot of it for executives is about energy. What is it that, that expands their energy? And one of those things is to realize that the that there that our backgrounds in running companies, our backgrounds in working with people, can also be applied if we if we allow that ceiling to raise, can apply to uh, solving some of the world's problems, but on a very immediate, very close to home basis, quite often, and that when you do that, it expands your energy. You know, I, 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 I wrote a lot of checks over the years to charities, and I'm glad I did it. I'm, I'm proud of it. And, and it opened up uh, some friendships for me, and it felt good. But actually taking something on is different than just writing a check. Uh, and, and that the energy that it releases for you, for your family, for the people in your company, And I've got a zillion stories about that, which I'm not going to tell right now because we've got this great guest with us. But I think that for people to look at, you know, Chad came up with this title of living a better story. And that 
that better story needs to be broader and deeper than perhaps you've imagined before. And at, uh, uh, so what we do in the three days, three and a half days is, is really about lifting that ceiling, broadening that outlook on life, taking a look at what is possible for you as an executive, as a parent, as a member of a community. Uh, Chad, I, I'm learning so much from you. I really do think you are a part of that new generation of leaders that are looking at a, a broader look at life, a deeper look at life and what is possible for human beings. Well, one thing I want to make sure that your audience hears today, Arjun Sen was with us on the event and Arjun's a super talented one of one individual in the world who is, he, he calls himself brand Yoda. Um, like he is the branding expert, right? He works with some of the best brands out there, Panera Bread, uh, Tiger Woods, like major, major people and helps them with their brands. And his point to all of us was that we are all a one of one at something. It's our mm-hmm. duty to figure out what the what's the fingerprint that God made us to be or the snowflake, if you <laughs> may not be exactly yeah. the right term here, but we'll use it anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, Dan Sullivan, Dan Sullivan calls it your unique ability. What's your unique ability, right? And that's what Robert in the book, Living an Extraordinary Life, talks about is if you can find that, I think of it as frictionless living when yes, you find right. that lane and you're in the river and you just, you're sitting on the boat and it's just floating. I've also heard about being in flow and it can't always be easy either. So I think that uh, that metaphor of sitting on your raft in a river may be a little bit elusive. <laughs> well, what I heard, what I heard from from the Colby people, Colby assessment people, uh, a couple of weeks ago, was that when you are in your unique ability, when you're doing what they call your mo, using what they help you assess, when you're doing that, it's like it's like they said canoeing down the river not turning around and trying to canoe up the river that you're you're certainly helping with it you're not just flowing down alone you're guiding it but the inertia is behind you it's pushing you along with your efforts yeah and see that's exactly how i feel right now even though there's all this other action movie going on around me and i think it's just because i jumped i jump skipped from the 100 dollar problems to the 100,000 dollar problems <laughs> <laughs> well but now let me ask you i think the 100 dollar problems are a lot of chaff that comes at us that we can turn off yeah. and, and, well and, some I mean, of it some of it you can some of it you can't we'll have to explore that one on another show at a later <laughs> date and time um, there's right? definitely some chaff that's been coming my way uh, in Q1 and throughout the beginning of this year, that's, it's, it's just there. And it's, it's like, it's there. And Robert knows what I'm talking about. It just like there's snow on the ground right now on a nice May day here in, in Denver, Colorado, <laughs> the chaff is there and, and it's okay. How do you either go around it, go under it, go into it. And, you know, you have to face the rapids and then, guess what? There's calm on the other side of the rapids. Well, what I was talking about is there's so much extraneous chaff that comes at us that becomes like shiny objects. Look at how interesting this is. Look at what could happen here. Look at all of these possibilities, which I think keeps us down at a much lower energy level. 
to clear the decks of all the things we can say no to then allows us, I believe, mm. to take on the rapids even better. Yeah, more focused. That's, that's exactly right. Yep. Chad, uh, we are so appreciative of you making some time in this crazy life that you've set up and created. Thank you. I mean, we're kind of buddies and we go at each other a lot in a lot of different ways and hopefully inspire each other. But uh, I'm just deeply appreciative that you said yes to this. Thank you for the contribution that you are in the world and certainly to our viewers and listeners. Well, I'm happy to be here. Livingabetterstory.org is where people can find out about the June 10th to 13th event that we're hosting. So we'd love to see you there. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it's just another example of, of all of these wonderful people out there who are great achievers, but not so famous. <laughs> Join us again for another great time with some very successful, but maybe not so well-known entrepreneurs and achievers on what they did and how they did it and what you can learn from their journey on our next Conversations with Not-So-Famous Achievers. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. Streaming live from the University of California Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center.